What's going on, good people? This is PR, and you're now rolling with the winners on Winner Circle Media. What's going on, good people? You're now tuned into RWTW, the podcast with PR and a very special guest. Um, I gotta be honest, um, I've had a lot of people on this show, and I've always prided myself on being the most knowledgeable person on this show on the basketball subject. I know our producer Eric is looking at me like he would challenge that. <laughs> um, and actually, now I think about it, Maverick Carter would challenge that as well. Um, but I have someone that actually does this for a living here today. Um, NBA analyst? Is that, is that the... Uh, who knows what you... <laughs> who knows at this point, right? I, I've thought about that. What uh, I'll introduce myself. Please I'm Rick Buecher. I'm Rick Buecher. I don't know what my title is at this point. I've been covering the NBA for a couple decades now, and and uh, yeah, analyst, uh, a storyteller, I NBA like storyteller, and as uh, as I was called, uh, the nickname I got long ago by Todd Wright, all night with Todd Wright, was the Association Vanguard. Love it. So. Love it. I'll, I'll go with that. Okay. The Association there we go. Vanguard. I need one of those. I need one of those. So tell the people what you're up to. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from being a dad, which uh, is, is part of the equation, balance in my life. How many is, kids? Is two. Uh, oh. 11 and 12. Oh, it's a fun age. Last weekend spent, my son played five baseball games <laughs> and four <laughs> AAU basketball games. Oh, AAU basketball coach on top of everything oh, else. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Boy, now when you have skin in the game, that changes the <laughs> dynamic, brother. Trust me. You, I always thought AAU was a little sketchy, but no, <laughs> man, in. now you got blood in you're it. In. You're in. Wow, <laughs> you watching it in a whole different yeah, light. I've always been amazed. Not to cut you off, Rick. I've always been amazed at how, how kids can play. He would have played ten games if you would have let him. No, 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 seriously. He had his only. He had uh, on Saturday. He had two baseball games. He had three basketball games. We had to drive an hour and a half to get from one to the other. This was tournament play, and he played five. And the top team in our program, so he's a sixth grader, the seventh grade A team had a game, and the coach said that he would give him a couple minutes if he stayed. Okay. And, well, actually, he said, I want to stay and play. And I said, do you know if you're going to play or not? <laughs> and, and he didn't know, so I went to the coach and I said, look, he wants to stay because he thinks he's going to play. And you're thinking logistics at this point. We got to drive. Like, no, no, I got to drive back because we got a baseball game the next morning. Oh, we got to drive right. an hour and a half. So yeah, I'm thinking. Look, I've already done my time, right? I'm not getting out of anything. I'm not getting anything out of you playing a fourth basketball game, right? Absolutely. But uh, the so I asked the coach. The coach goes, if he stays, I'll play him a couple minutes. Okay. I'll give him a couple minutes. And they have they have a really fun team. One, a really good team. What's your son and, play? What position does he play? Uh, right now he's a guard. Okay. Um, point guard, a little two, but one or the other. Okay. Uh, and uh, he's a hustler, and he's, he's – um, I'm proud of him, the way, the, the way he plays. So You're having fun coaching? What, what type of dad coach are you? Like are we talking about the game on the way home? You know what? I've had a lot of conversation with people about okay. that. So I, I try to – uh, I, I try to minimize that. I try to let all the steam out before we talk. And I always try to balance it between... Like, I, I always ask questions first. Like, what do you think you did well? Yep. What, do you think, what do you think you could have done better? And usually he already knows. Right. So once he states it, then that gives me the opportunity to just kind of double. So maybe 
we do this instead. And that way it doesn't come like, you know, judge, jury, and executioner, you didn't do this. He knows. You know, most of them them (laughs) know, right? I have. My son's 10. He's playing in in a basketball league last year. He's nine. And it's like the first, like, real game he's playing in. So I'm on a group chat with a couple of friends, LeBron being one of LeBron, Mav, Rich, and Randy, who you know mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm at this game. I'm not sure if, like, should I be, like, gung-ho, like, ref, you missed the call, or should I just yeah. sit on my hands? LeBron's the first one to respond. He's like, sit down and shut your mouth. Like, yeah, don't yeah, say yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, but yeah. it's, it's always interesting, right? It's like the dynamic's so different, especially someone like you who... You know, covers basketball for a living. Yeah. Like you said, to have skin in the game, and now it's yeah. blood. It's yeah. a sun playing. You just see it from a completely different angle. Well, you do, and I think the, the the biggest thing that the biggest advantage that I have, and the thing that's hard for me, is I see first of all the way all sports are presented. It's your kids. Like, how many teams are named elite? <laughs> how many travel teams are called? Elite, right. right? Absolutely, and or something or other. Yep. They're 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 all special, yeah, they're all and they're stars. all getting Elite, Division yes. One scholarships, yes. and half of the teams going to the NBA. And I know what the numbers say. Mm-hmm. I know what the reality is. So for me, it's a matter of one. I want him. I don't want him to special. I want him to have as many games at his. Uh, uh, at his discretion to play for the rest of his life. And I know, having played a couple games and having learned fundamentals early and how to play them, how it allowed, how long it allowed me to play and enjoy those games versus the games that I wasn't taught the fundamentals and I was con- it's like a bad golf swing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're t- yeah, constantly trying to fix things. Tough to break, yeah. And so... That's what I, I, I want him to have that. I want to have him just the basic understanding and ability to play a game no matter who he's playing with. Because mm-hmm. that's the other part. If you know how to play the game, you can play up or down to any competition Absolutely. and have Absolutely. fun. Second part is, is just the lessons of, and I know, you know Eric loves to pride himself on telling us all about his workouts and how he continued like the, it, he goes out at four o'clock in the morning and it's just him and the steam's rising from the the sewer lids and he's out there it's just him, and in the city. It's just him. yeah and it's it's all black and white man it's basketball <laughs> right right it's basketball is he's he's wearing a, a, a singlet made out of chains man I did he cut his shirt from the chain link fence and put that bad boy on I, there is nothing you can talk to Eric about Eric we're talking about Eric our producer there's nothing you can talk to Eric about that he won't have an analogy back to his playing days yeah it could be like wow it's raining out there yeah. like, I tell you what right 94 yeah. they had a game <laughs> right. one time. June 12th 1987 <laughs> he'll yeah. bring it back he'll bring yeah. it back so you're having fun so, coaching parenting on the work yeah. side uh, work side it is you know the the and I think we're all in this is it's it's why I started it by calling myself a storyteller because I think it's really it is about telling stories and doing it in different mediums. You know, I've come so far from I started out in this business as a writer. That's what I aspired oh, wow. to be. Okay. I was a, I had an internship with Sports Illustrated and I saw guys who and that was my junior summer of my junior year uh, in New York. And so, and I saw that these guys were like, just kind of scouring 
the the world looking for interesting stories. And, and back then, was it sports your interest, or was it you, did you know that early on it's basketball you want to write about? Uh, the well, it was sports, but but basketball really was the passion. Okay, that was always the one. My first job was my first job of any note was covering the 49ers. And so that, you know, that's, that was the creme de la creme, right? But it wasn't what I aspired to. And I had to come to what I, what I discovered was you had to have a passion for the sport that you were going to cover, because if you were going to do it right, you had to sleep, eat and breathe it. And you had to be happy doing that. Like covering the NFL, I did it, but the, it it was, and I liked it, but I didn't love it. So do you think you're better at covering basketball and telling basketball stories because you're passionate about basketball? I think, I think as far as being a beat guy at that time okay. and being steeped in it and covering the league, that yes, yes. Uh-huh. It, was, it was always fun for me. It wasn't like watching you know multiple games even like the first NCAA tournament for the first NCAA tournament I covered all I remember is that one of one of the sites was Cincinnati and one was Dayton and I convinced the newspaper to fly me because I grew up in Cincinnati I stayed at my parents house I covered four games four games on one day in Cincinnati then drove to Dayton and and covered four more games went back and forth and I did that for like four days and it was like was the best thing I could have ever done never left the gym never left the gym and and just had the time of my life like I wish I could do this my entire life there was nothing hard about that it was I get to do this and I still feel that to a to to an extent I think the difference for me in covering it now is is first of all watching how the game has evolved and it's changed and it's it's really getting and being able to tell the stories of the people in it to me those are the most instructive ones Mm -hmm. is you know i mean i there's only look the x's and o's don't really change all that much the fundamentals of shooting a ball don't change all that much but the dynamics, uh, the, the better you get to know the sport and the better you, the better you understand like how the personalities mesh and how you build a, a successful team. You know, being, being in the Bay Area and seeing the team evolve from Mark Jackson putting in a totally different mindset than they had had previously. And then Steve Kerr coming in and sort of the, the finishing notes and having certain fortunate things like David Lee fortunately pulling his hamstring. Yeah. So it opens the door for Draymond Green to take over a spot that maybe there's a battle and maybe there's friction and maybe there's hard feelings and all of that is counter to where you want to go or it delays the process. Like they had so many things. Like I don't have any problem with Doc Rivers saying they were lucky. Mm-hmm. They were. Well, it's funny you say that. It's like, LeBron says to win a championship, and he said this on numerous occasions, to win a championship in any sport, you have to be lucky, a yes. little lucky. Yes. He says the year they won it in Miami when Ray hit that three-point yes. shot, he's like, that was lucky. Yes. And whether luck means you're healthy, whether yes. luck means you get you know, a shot falls, yes. you need a little bit of luck. Yes. Now, where I disagree with Doc is he was lucky. He's saying he's, they're lucky they didn't play San Antonio or the Clippers. You can, first of all, you can't put the Clippers in that conversation. They were 3-1 and one against them that year, and... <laughs> They were not a team that I saw the Warriors as healthy having to reckon with. San Antonio, you might put in that conversation. Memphis Grizzlies with a healthy Mike Conley, you might put in that conversation. They did have some fortune along the way. 
but you also make your fortune. You build a team that that is not dependent on injured players or older players. I mean, that's that's part of it. Like, if you have an oft-injured older player and he breaks down... Yeah. Is that really bad really, luck? Is really? Right? I mean, really? Right. And, and you have players that are so dedicated and have paid the, the price to where they get to the point where they go, what do I have to do to make this happen? What sacrifices do I have to make? And, that, and the Warriors did all that. So were they lucky? Absolutely. But not in the vein that Doc said. And the fact of the matter is, every championship team is lucky. Absolutely. What do you think of Steph's quote? Was it yesterday or the day before about him, apolog- him mock apologizing? Uh, that, that's about as... as Bitter and sour as you're gonna get. And by the way, I, I now have to, I am obligated to call him Stefan. Okay. I have always called him Steph. <laughs> and he and I did a a, a golf thing uh, about a month or so ago. And he said, I forget what it was. I I just mentioned it to it. I said Steph, Steph. And he goes, Yeah, I don't I don't really like Steph. He goes, I really hate Steve, but I really don't like Steph. And I didn't get a chance to ask him why. Interesting. But since then, I'm now. I, I'm contractually obligated. He's earned the right. He's a, he's a champion, and I, look, I, there's. I've always tried to maintain my objectivity, even though I've had the opportunity. As obviously you have, you get to know these guys on a personal basis. Yep. You look through the look at them in a different prism, and in your your basketball mind, you can look at them and say, "Okay, I see this guy's strengths and weaknesses." Yep. But because you know them, you also can't help but say. Boy, I hope he gets over that weakness. I hope that weakness doesn't befall him. It doesn't undercut him. How, and how do you deal with that being in front of the camera, being in front of the mic? Because it's you're way more out in the public than, than mm-hmm. someone like me is. I mean, obviously, that's part of the professionalism. But how do you feel you build real relationships with these guys, spending time with them over the years? How is that for you professionally separating those, I guess? Well, number one, I'm not paid by them. I mean, I have to I have to understand what my job is mm-hmm. and who my responsibility, who I get, I owe my my responsibility to. And number one, it's whoever is paying me supposedly to uh, objectively look at a situation and assess it to the best of my ability. So that is my responsibility to whoever I'm working for, whoever's putting me in front of a camera or a microphone or whatever. And then the second part is to the fans who. I am. I'm serving them. I'm. We can't. We can't. Everybody can't be there right. all the time, right? right. You only, only a couple scouts get to go out because the scout ants get to go out and, <laughs> and see what's out there. So I'm a scout ant. So I got to come back to the hive. I got to say, look, that's this is what the other colony, whatever the hell. It's a, it's a good analogy. I, I have to. I have to let them know what's going on out there, but I have to give them an accurate assessment of what's going on out there. So what I try to do is I try to be fair. I try, to, I try to take into account, yes, these are the flaws of this is what they have, but this is why they have them. And this is how they might overcome them and, and give them an allowance. And what I've found is if you're honest and, you fa- and you're fair and you really know what you're talking about, guys don't hold. They might not like hearing it, but they're not going to hold it against right. you. Not if you're, not if you're consistent. Right. It's, it's, it's those who kind of come out with an uninformed or, you know, kind of that snap judgment. You know those guys. Wait, right? that happens? And really? You're, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. I never realized that yeah. when we're working together. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I'm you not know. gonna get into all of that. Yeah, no, we'll leave that one. You know, hey, but you know what? Hey, look, right look, I went, to, I went to Stefan two years ago. It's still oh, weird. Sounds, which though. sounds weird no, coming listen, out of my mouth. No, but I'm commit to it. Yes, commit to it. Uh, he, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> I went to him about two years ago and I said, look, I owe you an apology because I, with your ankle issues and your size... I just and whatever athleticism we want to credit you with, uh, I, I was not a believer. And I don't know how exactly you're going to get it done, but I can't. You, you've defied a lot of, you've done a lot of things that I didn't think you were capable of. What was, and his, so, what was his reaction or response to it? Uh, Surprise? He, he, he said, I really appreciate that. And, even that's different. I mean, most. A good amount or a fair amount of, of analysts go down with the ship. Like, yeah. you know, I said this, so I'm going to stick with it and I stick by it. And that's kind of becomes their thing, I guess, in a way. Yeah. But Steph, Steph, I'm going to call him <laughs> Steph, man. Steph. Yeah, Steph. You're free. You're free to do it. <laughs> I think Steph, you know, he's, he's always been interesting to me because people see him now polished, amazing talent that he is. Yeah. Reigning MVP. I don't think people realize, like, how... The thought was, will he survive in the league? Sure. His ankle no, 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 no. issues and his size. Dude, it was, could he be a point guard? He and, would just run down. I mean, I remember there were times he would run down the court. He would backpedal. And, so, oh, and he'd be out for yeah. like weeks. Yeah. I mean, they were glass. They were glass ankles. Literally. And I still, you know, whether it's the talk about he got flexibility into his hips. He's got, you know, these special braces that he wears. Mm-hmm. He did. He had surgery. And I, I don't know what they did there exactly, but... I know he does. He does a tremendous amount of work to make sure that they stay together, and they're very cautious of any sort of tweak. They're going to dial him down. But I look at he's. I, I'm always in the bag for the guys who make the most out of whatever they have. They may not be, you know, they may be limited, and he is. He's still limited, like. We're, 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 we're one of the topics that, that I have to discuss in, at some point in, in the next couple of days is who would you take, LeBron or Stefan? To start a team? Just or today? like who would you take right now? Who would you take right now? And when I think of from a basketball term, in basketball terms, I, gotta take, I have to take LeBron. He can do, I can do more things with him. Right. There's no question. But watching what Stefan has done, and how he's brought along this team, and and just the signal that that sends to everybody else is so invaluable. And it's not to take anything away from LeBron, but LeBron at this point is like, to a certain extent, trying to figure out how do I get to the finish line on a going to a sixth NBA Finals. How do I how do I manage my body so that I continue to defy what I still can't believe he's doing? Mm-hmm. That in setting the tempo for the rest of my team is is tricky. You know, when he leaves for two weeks, or there, there's just a lot of those intangible elements that he's working with right now. That for me, if you're asking me which guy do I take, basketball wise, I mean, look, just pure basketball, it's not close. It's not close. But 
again, as I said, you know, this is where, you know, the objectivity, if I didn't, if I hadn't had all the conversations I've had with, with Stefan and all of that, this would be, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Course, I wouldn't course. even be no, having it fair. in my head. That's fair. That's so fair. he, he, to me is an interesting guy. Steph, we're talking about Steph. He's an interesting guy to me in that what I like about him is that average kid who's six foot nothing, a hundred and nothing pounds, yeah. look at him and say, well, shit, maybe if I go and shoot a thousand jump shots a day, yeah. there's Here, no reason why. He's not jumping over anyone. He's here's not, the, true. Here's the problem with that. And I, see, and I see it particularly in the Bay Area, and I see it especially in AAU. A lot of people would say that Michael Jordan had a negative effect on the game because everybody tried to be Michael Jordan. They tried to attack like Michael Jordan. They tried to break everybody down. They tried to steal everybody's lunch money like Michael Jordan. And you, you created all these players who thought that was, well, there was only one. Right. And, and, and so you had all these poor replicas and you had all these guys with the idea that that's how I get there. Steph, in his ability to shoot off the dribble and from range, I can't tell you how many kids, like they go out, I see them, warm, they all warm up the same way. <laughs> I gotta do a little crossover, a little shake, and I'm stepping and I'm shooting and I'm shooting three, and I'm only shooting threes, right? I'm like, look, let's learn how to catch and shoot. Because you don't have you don't have that handle, you don't have that balance. You don't have that range. You don't have that range. If you're gonna have the opportunity to play and participate, I made this I made this point just the other day to, to our group. We had with our AAU program. We we all sort of practice in the same gym. We're working on. I really like the way we started it because everybody's working off of the same uh, the same format. We're all working all work with the same sets. Everything. So program, every, every yeah. yeah, everything's together. And I said I said look, there's only a couple guys because we play the, the 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 top the seventh grade team played two unbelievably athletic AAU teams. One, they lost by one, and they should have won, and the other, they won by one. Oh, wow. But they have, they had, I'm telling you, man, I mean, these are, these are all, these are all white kids from Half Moon Bay. They have no business playing with these guys, <laughs> and yet they crushed them on the break because they just advanced Whip the pass. Yeah. Switch it, get it to the middle, go to the opposite wing. Now the other wing's going, I mean, they, they, they... They cr- it was embarrassing. It, they crushed these kids. It's beautiful who, when you see the Oh, my there, right? God. It's when, it's, when it's the ball and it's the player movement and it's just the under swinging it to the open guy. It was just it – was, it was so, so fun to watch. And I said to them, I said, look, you guys know you had the greatest experience this weekend. Uh, because the second team, they shouldn't have won by one. They should have won by a lot. They played so well against that first team. But emotionally, they were kind of drained. They lost by one. And it took something out of them because they looked at these guys warming up. Dun- I mean, we're talking seventh graders. Half of the team could dunk. Yeah, I mean, just they were gazelles. <laughs> and it took a little bit something out of them. But I said, look, you got you, you saw the guys you played against. And those guys are all trying to be the top scorer on their team or one of the top two. So their whole mindset is I'm going to be the next star. I go, how many guys are on a roster? How many guys are the star? Are you going to go for the one or two spots that are the star that are leading scorer? Are you going to go for the other 10 spots (laughs) that if you know how to play the game and you know how to play multiple roles, somebody's going to find a place for you to play? Always be a spot for you. Always be a spot for you. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe you get in a situation or maybe you grow six to eight inches. Maybe you grow into that star. But 
When you're just trying to be the star and you don't become the star, then, then what? what? <laughs> now what are you going to do? Oh, you don't know how to play help defense. Right. Oh, you can't be a defensive stopper. Right. Oh, you don't know how to box out and rebound. What? Like, if you can't do the ancillary things right. and you're not the star, guess what, son? Especially at that age. It's not like we're keeping, it's not like we're going six deep at star, right? <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> we need to bottle that speech and every kid needs to listen to that. Yeah. So before, when they get to middle school, because every kid thinks, I'm going to come out, I'm going to get mine, I'm yeah. going to gun, oh, coach doesn't know what he's doing, this and that. And you grow up playing with the same guys. Yeah. You know, and, and listen, we all play ball, all have different skill levels. I mean, I thought I was the shit when I was 12, 13 years old. And I was pretty good. Wait, wait, wait. When did, when did, when did, 12, 13 years, why, why, yeah, why are you, um, um, why are you qualifying that with like, <laughs> there's no expiration date on that. <laughs> I've gotten more realistic. All right, okay, all right. You left me a block. Well, <laughs> you leave your neighborhood, you're like, oh, okay, this but is ball. The ability to figure out, okay, um, my boy who I've been playing with forever, he's scoring 28 points a game. Yeah. He's our number one guy. Yeah. I'm playing opposite him. Yeah. What do I have to do yeah. to be valuable and yeah. a contributor? And, and and what do I have to do to help us win every sure. game? And, and kids don't develop that mindset. Yeah. And it's, and well, I think we, it's, we've it's, talked about this before and our boy Coach K. It's the fist analogy is so perfect for this. You, you can't you, you can't knock out an opponent an opponent with an open hand. Mm -hmm. You've got to become that fist, and you've got to figure out how the heck do we make all these guys mesh together. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's a lot of it's a lot of factors. Like, you know, my son just started playing ball a year ago at nine, like team ball, mm -hmm. and I think nine out of the 12 players had personal trainers or coaches or whatnot, which I'm not knocking it, but it's like every parent, every parent thinks oh, yeah. that, you know, so I think it starts at home too a little bit. No doubt. Right. Well, which every parent's thinking, Hey, college is expensive these yeah. days. But <laughs> you know, they did, somebody did a study where if you took all the money that was spent on personal trainers and travel teams and all of that stuff and you, and you say you start what eight, nine years old and it goes on for the next six, seven years. If you invested that, your what your ten grand or whatever easy, it is that you're easy. spending, easily ten, right? Easy. Maybe fifteen, ten yep. to fifteen grand a year. I mean, do the math. You invested that. You put it in in, in the right fund. Uh, you're, you're certainly you're already halfway there to your scholarship. <laughs> at, at least halfway, Very right? Fair. Absolutely. So, but it's the idea. So that's where that's where it's the separation, like. I think I think parents kid themselves into thinking, oh, I'm just I'm helping them get that college education. I'm le no, you're not. No, you're not. You can you have you're paying now what you could pay then for the college education. What you want is the glory, the, the the reflected glory of your kid being a star athlete. That's my. That's what you there. want. Yes. And you know what? Maybe they want it. But you might want it just a little bit more than they want it because of what you're, and that's when it goes to the, your original conversation about the the talk going the the, yes. the conversation in the car on the way home. Mm -hmm. I, I never try to lose sight of the fact that my son is 11, just turned 11, and this is supposed to be fun for him. And if I take the fun out of it, then that's going to kill his desire to do it. And if he's going to be if he's going to be special. It's, it's, you know, I had, my, my dad didn't have to get me to practice. I, I, 
wanted to practice because I too had an ego and I wanted to go out. I wanted to be the best. I, I did not want to be bare. I wanted to embarrass somebody else. And so it was, and it was that constant little, man, if I don't stay on this, I'm going to go out there and I'm not going to have a handle or I'm going to be looked at. I'm going to be looked down upon. Whatever it was yep. inside me, yep. that's what drove me. Yep. It was and a, it was a reminder every day. You made up reminders every day. And if you don't have that, yeah. like I can't give that to you. Right. And if my son doesn't want it in sport, that's okay. That's okay. But I can't, I can't force that upon him. So the result is if I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, making, him, I'm making him both miserable. I took, I took my son recently to father-son basketball camp. If you haven't done it, I recommend it. It's amazing. Okay. Poconos, uh, Rob Kennedy with the Hoop Group. And I think the dads get more out of it than the kids do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you check in Friday afternoon, you leave Sunday morning, and there's tons of free time in between. And I had to check myself because during the free time, my son wanted to go to the swimming pool. And I'm like, Why you just go work on that like, you know, rip right, 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 right. threat that we just got lectured on? <laughs> and he's like, well, I want to go to the swimming pool. I'm like... Oh, all right, go ahead. You know, and I had to check myself. Like, you know what? Like, if he wants to do it, he'll do it. And by the second day, his friends were doing it. So he's like, well, I'm going to go shoot with my friends. And we're going to do this drill or whatnot. And, you know, I always, if, if my son was here right now, who Eric's met, I tell him the same three things every time he's going to go play. I say, yeah. play hard, have fun, listen to your coach. That's yeah. it. Yeah. No, hey, my, my, goal, my goal with my kids is, and my daughter plays too, uh, is I want them to be coachable. Because to me, to work hard and be coachable and be coachable in the sense that they get the message and they can leave the rest behind because that's what we're all challenged by is that we have, we have the, the teachers are out there. Sometimes we don't like how the message is delivered mm-hmm. and that screws us up. Well, we get in the way, we get in the way of the message. Right? Yes. The one thing that completely makes me lose my shit is they'll be in a huddle yeah. and my son's playing with his drawstring. It's like, is yeah. that a butterfly up yeah. there? Oh, was yeah. that mom? Is that Gatorade? Can I? And I'm like, Jordan. Yeah. Like, listen, yeah. that's the, yeah. it'll never be about playing. Yeah. Yeah. You can go 0 for 40. So we had like my group, my sixth grade group is, man, I got, I got more kids who, I, I you know, the, the attention span. Is, 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 it's like herding cats, man. It is, it, is, it is the greatest challenge. But what I did the other day that I thought would, that, that proved to be very effective, they have been different ever since, is the first time I see you not paying attention, you run. The second time, you stand next to me and you watch everybody else run. Because, there it is. because there it is. you weren't paying attention. And the kid next to me, I did, I've only had to do it once. The kid next to me was like, he was almost begging to run. Like, sure, can I run? Because, and you did, I, the rest of his teammates didn't have to say anything. He didn't say anything. It, and it made an impact on everybody. I, I love it. I love it. It's definitely a fun time. Cool. Bringing it back to Steph for one second. Is he the greatest shooter ever to play the game? Well, I like his, his answer that, you have to do it over uh, a long uh, period. You know, we, we've had guys that have come in and come out. But I look at the range that he has. I look at the fact that he can do it off the dribble. I, that, it, that it's not just catch and shoot. It's not just one element. He's yep. added mid-range. He's, you know, the one thing he doesn't have, he doesn't have obviously doesn't have post. Right. So he's not playing with his back to the basket. He doesn't have that element to the whole shooting repertoire. But as far as... Everything else, 
it, it's and I, I, I'm always reluctant to do this because I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. I don't want to just you know whatever the latest right, is, right. right? But in talking to enough guys, I talked to Steve Nash about this, and he said, I, Steve, "Steve was a great shooter in his own." Steve right. would be Shit. arguably my next choice wow. because of the number of fifty, forty, ninety, and the fact that he developed all the in between. Yep. Uh, you know, he, he's, yep. he, he had the greatest sense of, of space, spatial awareness that I need to take the shot. I, not, you know, not to go back to the AAU team, but this is the seventh grade AAU team. They practice floaters. They practice floaters from eight to ten feet. And when they were playing this team that could jump out of the gym, I'm telling you, man, they're throwing up floaters from ten to twelve feet and hitting nothing but net. I went to the coach afterward. I go, do you guys practice that? He goes, oh, yeah. We practice because he goes. We know we can't right. beat yeah, guys going to the rim, the rim right. but they're not. You get to eight, ten feet. They're not ready. They're Before they're the already getting ready there. to go pin it against the backboard, yep. and you're letting it go. And, and Nash was great at that. He, he was. was great at keeping his dribble. He was on the baseline. Now they're both. Shooting. Well, Nash did it, and now Steph's doing it. Exactly. Offhand. Exactly. Well, exactly. Well, well, I ask because I've had that this exact conversation with current NBA All Stars that have said, you know, as much as it pains me to say, he might be the greatest. Yeah. Because he can create a shot. I mean, Larry was great, and Reggie was great, and even Ray is great. You know, all these guys, but he can do it off the bounce. I mean, he can he can shoot the ball in such different ways in his range. He really might be, and it's almost crazy to say that. His ability to somehow change direction, one dribble, and have the ball come up into his hand perfectly and, and get that release, the time and the speed with which he does it, and the balance, how he finds the, he's able to get his body back on balance is, I've never seen anybody like that. Like Ray Allen, as far as, I've never seen a guy who could shoot that consistently, who got that kind of elevation. So pure. It's right? Because normally it's, you know, the, the really consistent shooters, you don't want that much right. athleticism in your right. shot because it changes like all the angles. Right. Right? And you have a tendency of, I can I can shoot it fading away, and now you're tilting a little bit, and all of that drives down your 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 efficiency. He has all that crazy moves, and yet when it comes, it's all it's just like yeah, it's like a Disney movie or something, you know? When you when you have the magic dust that just comes up, that's what that's that's what it is, and it's and then you you know the the little shiny sprinkles, and next thing you know, it's it's splashing, and I. I, I watch him after practice where he, he shoots, I don't know whether it's 200, 250 threes. Everything's off the dribble. It's step back. It's five different spots, catch and shoot. I mean, he does it all. And I would say that he routinely makes at least 90% of those shots. Now, some of them contested by a coach or whatever. You know, obviously it's not the same as having, having LeBron draped on you or whatever, but it's still, it's, a, it's after practice, it's all three-pointers, and it is from a, and, and, and every imaginable way that you could shoot one, and it's 90%. You, you, I don't even watch the, I don't even, I'm not watching the basket. I'm so interested in his form and how he's able to be that consistent and efficient, and all you hear is... I, I saw a report somewhere. They said that someone, I guess, after practice, media called him and that he may have made like 
26 straight threes before he missed or one stretch. Yeah. And they asked someone like Draymond or whatever. He's like, oh, he must have had an off day. Like, yeah. you know, like what's the comment? Yeah. Like, that's what he does. He, I forget who it was. They had a couple – some of the this – is, this is training camp. And they had a couple guys. And they were all – it was funny because they're all on the side. And they're pretending to, like, stretch or whatever. But they're all watching Steph <laughs> go through his three-point shooting. And you can't you, – they're having post, post-practice interviews – and there's all kinds of stuff going on, but you can't help but like everybody kind of turn to watch what's going on. And he misses one, and you can see in his head he's calibrating what was what was off, and then it's fixed. And there's just there's just, it's I, I, we got the baseball uh, baseball playoffs going on. Watching Adrian Gonzalez hit right yeah. now, a, a master at the plate. Watching somebody who takes their their job or an athletic skill and turns it into performance art where it's it's not hitting the ball or making the shot like for Steph it's not hitting the shot it's maintaining the form so that the shot is always going in at the end of whatever else or whatever I do it's not you know most people it's like I just need I need to get the two points however I get the two points that's good <laughs> right for him, it's elevated beyond. Well, there are those guys, right, that in whatever they do, it's only a hand, I mean, really a hand, less than a handful of guys that, like you just said with the batting practice, batting practice, batting practice example, everyone stops what they're doing and looks. Yeah. Right? So it's yeah. Steph shooting, yeah. you know, it's, you know, Mark McGuire in his heyday taking BP, you know. Um, some guys, it's when they walk in the room. I've seen LeBron walk into a room at All-Star and everyone kind of be like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that type yeah, thing. So yeah. it's always, it always kind of, you can tell, you sure. know, that there's great and then there's like that 1%. Sure. Right. We've been playing this game as of late called One's Gotta Go. And the purpose of it is it's a very difficult conversation, so you can't say none. If I give you hmm. Steph Curry, mm-hmm. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, and I'll say Larry Bird because our producer is a huge Celtic fan, one has to go. Who are you getting rid of? What am I? What is this for? As shooters? As What's as it? my 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 my? We'll keep the shooters since we were talking about shooting. For the record, Gr <laughs> is a huge Larry Bird fan. For the record, Larry Larry. As is Buker. Just so we're all really clear. One has to go. We're talking shooters. shooters. Larry Bird, Steph Curry, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. And all aspects of shooting. Yes. Just shooters. Pure shooters. But bounce. But you know what? Catch, let, let, let's go here. Let's go. Let, let's go here. Let, let's make it game on the line. We already know who the top <laughs> one is. Game on the line. Money ball shot. You have one person you can decide who's getting this kick out with one on the clock to let it go. Who leaves? Who are you not keeping in that category? Well, it's really it really for me it comes down, and I wouldn't have said this maybe a year or two ago because. Uh, because Steph, there were ways to prevent Steph from getting a shot off. You could corral him, and now you can't. He's added that to his game. He's going to get you off balance. He's got. He's he, he can feel that space. He can go by you if you get up into him, or create enough space, draw you far enough out that you can't get into him. Um, Put you on an island. It's exactly. <clears throat> So it's it really comes down to to, to Reggie or Ray, and it's Ooh. and it is. Whew. As close as it gets. I mean, 
mean, if it's if if you're incorporating, I mean, we're talking about a kick out, right? So those are two of the best. Well, they're so different. They're so right. different because I, I mean, my heart of hearts. If if we're just talking about pure shooting, Reggie's probably the first to go because what Reggie what Reggie was what what made him special is. That he had all the veteran tricks. Put you in that blender, run you off it's, seven screens. He would run you off of seven screens, and he would he would set you up where you got foul calls earlier in the game. So with the game on the line, you're now you're not reaching because he's he's already bitten you too yeah. many times that way. So kick the leg out. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. he he sets you up with things that I don't discount them as part of the whole Agreed. shooting process, Agreed. but it's more. Playing the game. But even that, okay, so there's seven seconds left. We need to get a shot off. That factors into the decision, right? Like, he needs to get open. I mean, so then do you get rid of Ray? Because we agree Larry Legend isn't going anywhere. It's not even in the conversation. Le- Larry's not going anywhere. We already it- discussed Steph. Steph can create and kind of do a lot of special things. So we'll-, well, but here, here, I'll give you this. How many times do you remember Reggie finishing at the rim? Attacking and getting through traffic and finishing at the rim. That's not what he did. Ray used to do that. I know. Ray yes. had that. Yes. And so Ray at the beginning would prefer to get you to the rim, right? So when I add that to the equation, Reggie has to be the first Ooh. one. Reggie has to be you the first one. Remember Reggie, Eric? So I'm taking my whole I can't believe he left my team biased yep. out. Yep. Fredo Allen. Yep. Um <laughs> Oh, seriously? It was you, Fredo. It was you. <laughs> um, Reggie, slightly, just because, again, getting to the rim, when do you remember him making a tough, in-the-clutch game winner off the bounce? Yeah. And I, I, listen, I grew up a Celtics fan in New York, so I guess one of my favorite players was when he played against the Knicks, Reggie Miller. I mean, I, I watched all those games. Oh, I, the, that 94-95 that I love everything about Reggie. Mm-hmm. I love even the fact that he was a great shooter with, yeah. t- with, with a terrible, terrible. release. Oh, terrible. Like that, that, oh. that crossing yeah. the what, arm, what uh, crossing the hands. What to do? Yeah. Okay, so it's, 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 it's him narrowly. I, mean, I also, this is great, because my, my, my son and my, my daughter play one-on-one all the time in the backyard. And my, my daughter's this like little blonde pixie, but she's like a beast. And my son hates it. And she, <laughs> like, we play cutthroat or she wins or whatever. Oh, he hates sure. It. So I was telling the other day about, I go, Cheryl Miller used to kick Reggie's Miller, Miller, Reggie Miller's ass on the regular. And Absolutely. even Anthony Davis's yep. sister kicked his ass yep. when he was little. Yep. And I, they just like, they, they, they soaked that in. So... <laughs> That, that's another part of the whole Reggie story that I appreciate. That <laughs> no doubt. As great as he was, his he wasn't even the best in his family at very, one time. Very true, very true. Okay, we're going to do one more. One's got to go, and this one's going to be a little, more, a little tougher. Um, player, okay? We have... Player on their best day or full body? Player, player at their prime. Okay. Okay? Hmm. You have Mr. LeBron James, mm-hmm. Mr. Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. Mr. Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. Mr. Oscar Robertson. One's got to go. One's got to go. Say it again. <sighs> Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and the big O, Oscar. My, my answer is easy. Okay, so hold it. Okay. And it, I'm surprised it's easy, but okay, we'll get to that in a second. The, the, the difficulty for me is I know what Oscar was, but I didn't see Oscar do it. And, okay. not, I, and I, I, I can only go by 
all that has said, and that I, I look. We all know numbers can say a lot right, of different double, things. Double, right. Let me ask this before you go there. So we agree, MJ's going nowhere. No, MJ's MJ's not going anywhere. Right, he's there. Yeah. So where do we go next? Who's I would say next honestly, season? I would say Oscar's not going anywhere. Okay. Was Oscar? Were you getting rid of Oscar? Yes. Okay. Talk to me. I just and and listen. I'm 37 years old, so I've read books, I've watched highlights, yeah. I've had conversations. Yeah. Would he be just another guy today? No, he'd be a, a star player and a Hall of Famer. But his body and skill level mm-hmm. was so far advanced compared to the competition that hmm. on that list of guys. Mm-hmm. He'd be the one to have to go. And let me follow this up and ask you, okay, Michael, Kobe, LeBron, Oscar. What was Oscar better at from what you learned? Yes. Than any of those guys. Now, uh, obviously, he, he was more of a distributor than Jordan and Kobe, but there's no... For ch- the position and the size... But there's no chance he was the shooter. No, 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 not the shooter. Not the shooter. No, my, my thought would be rebounder. And, and potentially, potentially the best passer of, if we're talking Michael and Kobe. Uh, I, you know, first one out, I hate, God, I hate to do it. I hate to do it. LeBron's the first one out. Okay, why? Why is he the first one out? Well, because he has... Are you shifting numbers right now? I'm looking at Oscar's numbers there. <laughs> They're stupid. They're stupid. And these are not inflated. These are not inflated like today where you're, you know, the, 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 the scoring averages. A lot of what that. I've read about this era, yeah. we have to look at specific years, but there were a lot more possessions. Yeah. Which obviously favors. Go, you know what? Go look at the teams that he played on. Oh, they were dragging those teams. It, I mean, well, were, and that, and that, to me, yeah, that counts for something. Uh, to me, that's really. Well, you could talk, like, you, and listen, you could talk about LeBron in, in his first stint in Cleveland yeah. in a similar way. Yep. Kobe obviously had less of that time in between yep. Shaq and getting Gasol and going to the LA Finals. This is. This is my, this is at the heart of my, you know, we talked about like, I love guys who make the most out of what they are. As great as LeBron is, and as much as he has evolved, to me, the physical gifts that he has, Mm -hmm. he could be even greater. And he and he's gotten there and he's evolved there and I think like we could get into the whole like, on the one side of it I look at we're talking about Lamar Odom and we're talking about AAU basketball and I look at how LeBron was anointed very early on and I and I look at how he came up and the fact that he's become the person and the player that he is to me is an unbelievable success story I never want to take anything away and if you if you look at it in that light. He surpasses those other guys. He surpasses Michael Jordan in that because Michael Jordan had a different framework around him that allowed him to become what he became. Two-parent home, Carolina, Smith. Yes. All all the way down the line. All of it, yeah. Right? And, I mean, not the the glorification of Michael Jordan before his time that you have to fight off to still become great. Right. So, in that regard, I give all the props in the world to LeBron. 
and, and maybe it's just me, but it's like, he's always had me like, he's teased me with, I want to, I, I, I see him where he could be more. What more could he have done this postseason? These five It's not, well, no, no, no. It's this, this is what I love to have seen. He could have been this guy sooner is what I would have wanted okay. to see. He's, he's, he's taken, he's gotten there, but it's the, the level of urgency to get there is to me has been, there's been other things that have gotten in the way. And that's the only part like to me. And some of it is because people are already telling him he was this guy. Like to me, this, this season was the most impressive season he's had. He didn't win a ring, but that was no fault of him. What he did and how he and did it. Right. What he did and how he, I mean, all of it. I put a, you know, the whole David Blatt and all that, all that yeah. stuff aside. Yeah. What he what he had around him. I mean, freaking Matthew Delavadova was playing next to him. Can we just just look at what he was playing with, and look at the load that he carried. The the want on those finals nights when we'd be waiting to do post game, and you'd be in San Fran and I'd be in New York. I'm sitting there typing this piece that I was gonna finish when they won. Mm-hmm. The want of LeBron James mm-hmm. reached a new level mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. We always saw it in spurts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are so many nights you can draw to. Yep. But the want of, like, the moment he slammed that ball down when they won game two in Golden State after mm-hmm. they should have won game one, mm-hmm. and that fire, and mm-hmm. then you realize, holy mm-hmm. shit, wait, the Cavs just won their first finals game, mm-hmm. and he put them on his back with no love, mm-hmm. no Kyrie, and this scotch tape just group of guys sure. who just they, they, they all bought in but you know we've seen the different nights right we yeah. like I was in Boston when he had 45 points mm-hmm. I literally thought he was he was telling me to he was giving me the feedback yeah. like we've seen him do it on some nights but then we've seen some of those nights throughout the career and obviously he's evolved and he's matured mm-hmm. at a certain pace but mm-hmm. some nights you're waiting for it well see that was the, that was the, that was the yeah. element there like if I'm going to look for an element that separated Oscar, because Oscar today still thinks he can play. Like Oscar in his mind still so thinks he could go out and kick somebody's ass. So can we, so hold that, I'm looking at Oscar's numbers now. His rookie year, yeah. he what, what year? 61. He averaged 30, 10 boards, and 9.7 assists a game. <laughs> His rookie year, 30, 10, and And this 10. is not a diluted. You're not picking up, you know, you don't have those off nights where you're able to go up against somebody and, and, and you can drop you can drop 45. The league was, the league was a very good, was it, was it 10 to 12 I thought it was 12 that at that time. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, then he follows it up 30 again, but ups his assist by two. So it's 30, and, 12 and a half, and 11. That's and, the triple and, year, second yeah. year. Yeah. And this is a guy who really couldn't shoot. Six, like from range, six five two twenty. I mean, was, and, and and that's why, for me, yeah. even though I didn't see him, yeah, that's why he he leaves the conversation. But see, it was like it's a little bit like uh, I was surprised to find out we were going through league MVPs. Moses Malone won three three MVPs, league MVPs. Like I wasn't aware, I wasn't really conscious of that. And I look at Moses and I think, really, really? I mean. He was the he was the Joe Frazier of NBA. He right. just wore you down. Right. But <laughs> there wasn't this amazing skill set, right? May he rest in peace, by the way. The great, the late, the late. 
great. It was an interesting Moses time, though, and, and I don't, we don't want to go too far down this hole, but Moses was the MVP at the beginning of, of Bird Magic. But, but hold, 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 very hold, interesting. Hold, hold that thought. You're hold getting rid of LeBron. I am. As much as it pains, you're getting rid of Oscar. I, I, it, yeah. Okay. And it's not, it's not an easy conversation. You're getting rid of Oscar. Yeah. I'm getting rid of Kobe. I'm going to get rid of Kobe. And again, listen, these are four wow, of the top ten players ever to play the game, right? Kobe so, Bryant and Oscar Robertson walk into a room who walks out. <laughs> Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I'm getting rid of Kobe. I'm going to tell you why. I don't know what the else. janitor <laughs> picking up the pieces from those <laughs> two cats because neither one was going to let the other one out the door. <laughs> the kill dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Kobe, a couple things. I don't think Kobe has made anyone better. Okay, we can talk about that. I don't think Kobe's yeah. made anyone necessarily better. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Kobe does anything better than the other two besides score. Than the other three. So Kobe's not a better passer, rebounder, or defender than LeBron is, even in his prime. And when I say defense, because Kobe's a hell of a defensive player, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. LeBron could guard one through five in any game if he needed to. It, he could. He could. He has. He ha- He could and he has, but he never had to do it on a consistent basis through full games. That's fair. Like, he has that ability, but he or whoever was running the show – would allow him to pick his spots when it needed to happen. That having to do it, and Kobe had to do it at times. Again, playing with Shaq, and you have you know some of that, some of your ability to come in and focus in, also has to do with the other four guys and, you're and with. And to your point, the game has changed where now the coaching mentality is like yeah. back in the day, MJ would say, "I don't care who you say I'm guarding, I'm guarding this guy." Right. Right. And and I want this and, and Michael would say, as he did in the '93 Finals. You guys take care of the scoring. I'm not going to allow Mar- yes. Marley to shoot the yes. ball. Never mind score. Right. I'm not going right. to allow him to right. shoot the ball. Right. And I right? think the mentality's changed now because of foul trouble and all that stuff where coaches are like, hey, you guys will guard each other fourth quarter when it's get money time. And, and the teams that LeBron has been on, right or wrong, have relied on him so much offensively that to say so, you are going to give me the full breadth on the other end of the floor and do all the things that I need you to do offensively, there was always that feeling like we, we can't afford to do that. We shouldn't do it's that. It's funny. You know, I, at times, I saw, I was at every game of the NBA Finals this year. Um, and at times, I felt like I was watching a Rottweiler in a fight with seven Doberman pitchers. Mm-hmm. Right? And it was mm-hmm. like, he needed to, the offense and the ball needed to run through him offensively. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, it was like, well, shit, I got to guard Draymond. Yep. Right? Because he's spinning yep. the floor. Yep. And now Steph's going ape shit. So let me yep. at least try to at least slow him down a yep. little bit and put a yep. body on him. Yep. And now Clay just hit two threes. Okay. Yep. And at times, it was like, dude, like I can't guard yeah. everyone. So yeah. I think to your point, the expectation on the, uh, and the responsibility on the offensive side, you know, sometimes determines the the defensive side, but I just think overall, I think what he bring, and again, there's no, that's why these questions are great. One's got to go. Mm-hmm. There's no wrong answer, but I think he makes players better. Probably the only one ahead of him in that group might be Oscar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he defends with the best of them. He's up there rebounding with Oscar, right? So I just mm-hmm. think when you break down per game, I, I'd get rid of Kobe, as crazy as that sounds, because Kobe's an absolute killer. Um, you didn't agree with me on the defensive side. You said, "Oh, we just discussed." No, this. yeah, I would. I would give Kobe the nod defensively. Okay. Uh, how so, or why? 
Uh, simply because, because I saw him lock in and do it for more, like, I feel as if, and LeBron's certainly capable of, but the demand to do it over the course of a game, over the course of a quarter, the, the, the LeBron picked his spots in which he, and he was capable of doing it, but he never had to do that and score. Kobe, I saw do both. The, the, the level of energy that Kobe expended, and again, this is crazy to sound because I look at all the things that LeBron does, mm-hmm. but this is where I think LeBron has always been hurt is that he's not always the most efficient player. He puts out a ton of energy, but if his offensive game were more efficient, is he, if he was able to use his size and able to use it more earlier in his career, he'd be able to score more easily. Like I wonder how well is he going to be is he going to be able to score now where Kobe's not doing almost he's not doing anything with his athleticism. Tim Duncan's not doing anything with his athleticism, but their footwork and their sense of where they are and their ability to play with their feet on the ground they can still well, be monumentally right? effective. Right. You could make a case that that playing on the block took more out of a player. I've heard that. Than than conserved than today because yeah. you had to fight for every inch and you know they were <laughs> you could use a freaking jackhammer Hand to get the, the guy yes. out of there you could arm bar him you're riding your leg up on him you could do all sorts of things and so but in today's game playing below the free throw line to me is actually a way to conserve energy because. It's everything happens quicker. You're not fighting for the same. You're not, you don't have to fight for that space in the same way. And LeBron gravitating back out to the perimeter to me is ultimately, I think, going to make him less efficient. And considering all the other things that he has to do, I need him to be able to play the way Michael did when he came back. And Scottie Pippen was actually handling the ball more. Michael was running off the ball and finding ways to just a quick hitter here, a quick hitter yeah. there to get, uh, to get his points and to make his impact. I don't know if LeBron is capable of playing that way for long stretches where – or and you can make the case, can Kyrie be that guy? Can he find LeBron? Can they find that rhythm? But to me, that's what where 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 Wade was really good, and that Wade could mm. when they played together. And so, that's that's for me. That to me is the difference. And again, it's like one of those things where I look at LeBron, the gifts that he's six. I mean, six nine, two seventy, runs like the wind. Has has all of that. He should be an unstoppable force for the for as almost as long as he wants to be. <laughs> Because, you know, even Michael at what, 6'6? 225? It's, it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And so. But do you think that's sort of like what I call the Shaq effect? Remember, like, Shaq didn't get a lot of calls because, like, hey, you're big. You're supposed to, you know, whatever. Do you think some of that's unfair to LeBron? It's like, yes, he is 6'9. But what other 6'9? There's a lot of 6'9 guys in the league. There's a lot of guys. What other guys are doing if his things from a skill level? If he was getting to the spots and I saw the moves, like, I still, what is, what's LeBron's sweet spot? Where's the place that he operates from on the floor where you go, he, you're, you're now in his torture chamber? 
good question. I think it's more, you know, it's almost one of those like Swiss Army knife, right? It's like he does it all. But it's almost like saying, uh, yeah, well, you know what? We don't, we, don't have, uh, we don't have a starting point guard. We got three starters. No, if you don't have one, you don't have anything, right? And so to me, yes, he, and, he, and he's, almost a, he's almost a victim of his own mm-hmm. skill and ability, versatility yep. in that he can do all these things. But now as he's gravitating into this point in his career – it's like, okay, give me that one thing, that one place on the floor that you can do all the things that you have to, and you don't have to take a dribble. Like, you catch it there, oh my God, he's either getting somebody a shot, he's getting his own shot, or he's going by me and he's getting right. to the he's getting to the. But then you started seeing a, a lot more of that in the post this past he's, season. You're seeing it. Right? You're, you're, you're seeing it. You're seeing yeah. it. But when, think, how old is he? I think yeah. mid-post, mid yeah. if he, if he yes. obviously he watched, we know he watches it. If he goes back and watches Michael... Larry yes. and Magic? Yes. Mid-post yes. to elbow? Yes. He should own yeah. anybody there. Yeah. And if help comes, you're in the middle of the floor, you have great vision, somebody's wide open. And some of those passes in the finals, Mozgov on those diagonal cuts, JR weak side, he's throwing those laser beams, they're all from that area. Yeah. Why? Because you can see the whole floor, and help has to help either has to stay or they have to commit. It's hard to double in that spot yeah, exactly. and, and, and not be exposed. But I, I also think a lot of it has to do with, you know, Michael at 29 was still flying over people, and Kobe was still attacking them at 29. I mean, he's, I mean, he's an, he'll come here for saying this, he's an, he's a seasoned, I'll say, a seasoned 29, 30 years old because he's played, this is 13th year. No, 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 it's, ca- yeah, it's when, NBA years, it's not right, calendar years. Right, right, for exactly. NBA years. Exactly, you know, and that's not including international play and, and all that stuff and deep runs. And deep runs, right, I mean, none, right. those guys never, right. Michael retired after right. three deep runs. <laughs> right. I need a break. <laughs> right. I want to go swing a bat so, for a while. So, so I think it's one of the, I do think, I, I say all that to say, I think, We'll probably start to see that. We'll probably start to see that evolution of the game. I think up to this point, he's been able to fly around and do all the things. Yeah, you know. Um, and we have, we have, we've seen, we've seen some of that, that evolution already. His, mm-hmm. his, he has more of that in his game than he ever has before. It's almost, it's, it's funny. It's, it's like. Kevin Garnett wanting not wanting to be labeled seven feet because yeah, he didn't so want to be a center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and LeBron never really I think he always saw himself as a point forward yep. or that you know I'm that guy I'm more Magic Johnson right. I, I don't want to be on the block you know that right. that reluctance to go I mean even even a guy as polished as Tim Duncan Tim Duncan doesn't want to be labeled a center. Right. Because he's been a powerful all-star power forward for umpteen years. <laughs> it's funny how guys get it in their heads. Today it's crazier than ever because I really feel like it's positional. The game is more positionless than it ever has. Like, label me a two guard, whatever. Two and a three. Whatever. Right. Especially right? these systems. We're all six eight. We can all do everything. Just give me my okay. five. Or Gene Hackman. He only needed four. <laughs> Let me let me so two more things and then we'll wrap up. One is obviously NBA season's upon us. What are you excited about? What are you excited to see? What are you as a what's the fan in you excited to see? Like what's out there that you're not sure about? Like is it a can Golden State repeat? Is it to see this guy here? Like what are you excited about as a fan? It, it, it's that I, it's wide open. It is there are so many intriguing storylines to me. Whether it's LeBron. And the whole Cleveland saga and trying to stay healthy and get to a sixth NBA final, whether it's was this Golden State Warrior thing just a magical year or did they build the foundation of something that can hold up? San Antonio adding LaMarcus Aldridge, which 
should pump new life into them. I think that's overblown. I think that if you don't have, whether Kawhi Leonard becomes Manu Ginobili or Manu Ginobili gives you one more burst of Manu Ginobili, you're missing that element in the postseason. The experiment that is, I mean, it's everywhere. The Sacramento Kings Circus and George Carl. Like, what's that going to (laughs) be? Doc Rivers and... And that whole menagerie that... Well, I just saw Rondo just came out and said our relationship isn't great. Like, yeah, yeah, matter, matter of factly. Yeah, no, we're, we're not getting along at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you... Why would Fantastic. that be like if you said that at work tomorrow? Like, hey, yeah. you know, me and my yeah. boss... Or somebody asked me, like, how's it going at Bleacher Report? And I'm like, no, my boss, I don't think he gets it. I just don't think he gets it, right? I'm mean, like, what? <laughs> what? Sports is the only place you can do that, man. And it's okay. It's okay. It's... I'm going to watch as many Kings games from night one just to see when the implosion takes place and who it's between. I, I can't and then, you, and then you, like, you have the whole Kevin Johnson saga with, saga with them. Like, I don't, I, is there a team that's harder to be a fan of right now than the Sacramento Kings? And they're so, de- they're so ardently it's devout. It's and, but you look at it and you go, okay, what, what's the story about the guy that saved our team here? Like, can we, I, or, you know, DeMarc and Rondo, George. Like, you, you have to pick sides on your own team. It's like, tough, like who's, which faction am I going to be a fan of? Like, the losing's right? enough and it's hard enough. It's like, shit, I got to deal with this. Oh, like, people yeah. don't get along with so, this one, the big. Derek Rose back in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I and mean, were we ever going to see Derek Rose again in full flight? Uh, you have young teams like the Boston Celtics adding a couple pieces, and can take can they take that next step? Right? Even the Bucks, right? The yeah. the Bucks and and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Jabari Parker yeah. wasn't even there, and like how fast can they rise? Uh, so you look, you know, across the landscape, and there's like there's so many storylines. The Oklahoma City Thunder, and what's that? Look you like? bring right. like. Coach Russ Donovan. Westbrook, is he still going for his MVP and Billy Donovan comes into the equation and how much they win decides whether KD stays or goes. And I, I mean, you, you look everywhere and it's like every night there's going to be, and we'll see it, you know, we'll get to a point where we'll look at him and we'll go, yeah, I should have I known that or I should have seen that coming mm-hmm. or that's really not that big of a surprise. But you have like about 10 boxes to open right now that you look at it and you go, I really, I might think I know what's inside, but I don't really know. Agree. No, and, I, I think it's an exciting time to your point. Teams, right? You always want to see who's going to be good or who's going to take the next step. But even from like an individual, like I want to see what Anthony Davis is going yeah, to do. Right? Yeah, is yeah, gonna, Al Gentry. What kind right, of impact is he right, going to have? Is he going to put himself into that, you know, LeBron, KD conversation of being, you know, the elite of the elite, yeah. you know, the Steph Curry conversation, yeah, you know, uh, new faces in new places. And so, I mean, I love this time of year because everyone's in it, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's mm-hmm. got a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, living in New York, you know, will the Knicks get their shit together and, and, and compete for that eighth or seventh spot and make the playoffs? What? You want to talk about a circus? Like, good Lord. He has not been drinking during see, the podcast. See, this is what I don't understand about New York fans. And I know that it's really hard to say you think we can be 500? <laughs> or or like just put it in a box. You think our, Porzingis can be one of the top 5 uh, rookies in the league this year or he can establish himself. Like look at it in pieces rather than the whole. But no, the typical Knicks fan does exactly what you did. You think we sneak into the playoffs? <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Like no. No. 
you can. And then, and then, and then oh. you get them, and they get them looking at you like really, really like you're bursting my. No, I'm not bursting your bubble, dude. You have no you business. Have no you have no business even throwing that out there. There's no rational. And Lakers fans are the same damn way. I had a guy call my NBA radio show. He's like. So listen, if everything goes right, you really think that you know Lakers maybe they they can make the playoffs? <laughs> I, I want you to tell me. Be honest with me, right? Uh, and I said West? to him, I go, what? I go, because no, if you wanted me to be honest with you, you wouldn't even ask a freaking question. Oh, you like you know in your heart of hearts, who was it? Was, oh, it was no Yankees fans are the same way. Yeah, yeah. This guy was this guy was pissed off when they got knocked out. I said. I said, dude, what did you expect? He goes, no, I expected it. You know, I mean, I, A-Rod was t- at the end, and they, CC Sabathia, I mean, I know what they were. It's like, okay, so you, you have expectations, and yet you know, you know what they are. You know what they re- realistically, you know what there is to expect from your team. You have unrealistic expectations of what they might do anyway, and then you get pissed when they don't do them. I'm okay with you hoping and dreaming, it's but the when fan. they don't do it, you get mad, the like they let you down. No, they didn't let you and down. And you're shocked, like, they oh my god. Yeah. Except they're not. No, I'm not really. Like, I'm smart enough to know that I shouldn't be shocked, but damn it, I'm gonna be shocked. Well, I was on a group chat. The reason I asked that question is I was on a group chat with two of my friends. And who are diehard, diehard New York and diehard Knicks fans. Mm. And they asked me that, hey, what do you think? You know, and I'm, I'm like. I'm still getting over the fact that you said that. Can they make the playoffs? I want to get there. I want to get there. Okay. So I said, look, you know what? It's going to be tough. And I said, these teams are guaranteed to make the playoffs. And I went down the list and we get mm-hmm. to seven. It's like, you know, Heat. Cavs, Atlanta, DC, you know, Wizards, uh, Raptors, Milwaukee, right? So I get to seven. I'm like, you know, so I had Celtics at seven actually. And they respond, so you think we get that eight? <laughs> so then my response was, yeah. we haven't played one game, and that's the goal, like to get the eight. Yeah. And they were like, so you think we could get it? And I was like, eh, I don't, you know, I don't know. But you shit all over that. You said there's zero chance of so getting that eight. You put together two good weeks of playing hard. <laughs> How many? Who had the worst record in the Eastern Conference last year? Was it the Knicks? No, it was the Knicks. Uh. But they, they had a worse. To win they year, had a right? worse record than the Philadelphia 76ers, who also weren't trying That's to very win. True. Very true. Very true. They and and let's be let's be delusion. Do we make it to All Star before Melo asks for a trade? Then see, that's to me. You have to trade Melo. Melo asking you, did you, you you need to you need to have had that conversation. No fault of his. Just whatever the no. situation is. No. Right by now. the time the Knicks are going to be good enough. Yeah. To utilize what Carmelo can be, he's no longer going to be that thing. And meanwhile, he's just this crutch. Because you can't develop, or you it's not even develop, you can't find out what other guys are. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really find out what Porzingis is. And it's not, it's not because it's it's more because of what Melo is and what he does than those two couldn't necessarily play together. It if you had a great point guard, you could find out what that point guard is playing with Melo. Right. But you can't find out what Porzingis is because ultimately, ideally, they play the same position. Yep. They're both yep. a stretch four yep. in their... Play, I mean, playing them together is going to be very, very difficult. I don't, I'm, yeah. My fear is that he's just going to become a spot-up shooter waiting for Melo to pass him the ball, and that's not playing to his skill set. I don't mm-hmm. really, I mean, he can shoot it, but you don't want that being his... 
thick. My fear is that physically and mentally, he has not had the carrot to make him really try to stay at his optimum for so long now that the effort to get back there, mm-hmm. if he was on a team, that mattered. If he went to Chicago, for example, which to me is intriguing to... You you know you put a, a Doug McDermott or a Tony Snell and a Pau Gasol and you send that back the other way with a pick like that to me is intriguing on both sides or a Joakim Noah right. whatever if I could get him to take well, Joakim Noah it's away. funny my knock with the Knicks has been for the longest time there's nothing wrong with being bad right especially even as a fan because if you're bad and you're building towards something right. okay we're young right. like even if you look at Philly I mean who knows what all the bigs that's see this is the rational this is the rational Knicks fan I mean, see this is what you needed to start out like to the start here yeah like, like I, this is Let's what I want to see as growth, as growth like I, this is the growth I want to see but it's not it, like the dichotomy here I'm working myself back I'm working myself back he's so far removed this is like identifying himself as a big fan this is like so far removed my friend has the fan on who starts crying when he's talking about Matt Harvey, right? He starts crying. I hope he just, I just hope he gives us like five innings. I just hope. And Francesca says, are you crying? Like, like he kills, are you crying? Hey, this is nothing to cry about. And he makes a joke about like, the guy was well, I'll tell you what, I, I wouldn't want to go watch a game with that guy. Boy, that would be fun, right? The guy calls back the next day, and Francesa invites him to come watch the game with him. He goes, I got, see, I got seats behind the plate. You're going to come watch the game with me. So there is the, I'm going to mock the hell out of you, and now I'm going to, I'm going to be your best friend. Uh, this is the dichotomy of New Yorkers. You can be so rational at times. And you can be so insane Listen, we at do other it, times. We do it all hard, man. We love hard. We hate hard. We boo hard. We, we applaud hard. Listen, man. My Giants. We're going all the way this year, man. My Giants. We're there. We don't. We haven't had a lot to cheer about in New York, man. So like any little carrot we get to hang on to, like we'll take it. You know. So the Mets now are the toast of the town. No, no, no. But you, but you take the carrot. And then you act like you're, you know, like it's a carrot farm. Like it's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, now and I've and I've bought all the rabbits in the world, and I'm like, and now I'm, now now I'm Warner Brothers because I own Bugs Bunny. I mean, it just it like evolves into something. You go, well, how did you find out? How did you possibly get there? You were the worst team in the Eastern Conference last year, and now you're in the eighth seed, eighth seed in the playoffs. How do you make that leap? I, I think it's one of the. We're not saying do anything in the play. We're saying just can we sneak into that eighth spot? I think it's. A, <laughs> we will have to have you back on come playoff time. I think. So last one, and I, I last question for you. And I know we've ran a little long, um, and I appreciate your time. Um, one thing we always try to do here, everyone we have on is, you know, we have a lot of young mm-hmm. listeners and people that, you know, are trying to get into the game or trying to figure out what they really mm-hmm. want to do or how they follow their passion. Mm-hmm. What's your advice for 16, 17, 18-year-old kid that knows he loves sports, knows he loves journalism, knows, you know, what should they be thinking in terms of starting their career early? What, what gives them the best shot to be successful? Try to find a, a pursuit or a, a field of study or an, a, an area of expertise that is outside of that sport. Okay. Bring something new to the table so that if you are, if you want to be a storyteller, 
how are you going to tell it in a unique medium, in a new way? How are you going to combine sound and video and writing and text and all those things to tell stories in a brand new, different way? How are you going to present something that's different? If you want to be with a team, what are you going to bring to the equation that they had not considered before? Are you going to be a psychology major? Are you going to be able to come in and tell them the personality of your head coach and the personality of your star player and what the ideal combination is? Because pretty much... If you are just going to go in and you want to take a job that is now already a position that's already established, number one, if you're just starting out, that job may not exist by the time that you get there. For the same reason that the, the, you know, people ask me the path that I took to get where, where, where I am, that path doesn't exist anymore. It's, 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 that's not necessarily the path. If I was starting out now, I would say you know what, I want to create my own independent company and storytell and sell those stories to people. That's, I want to be able, I want to, I want to learn the, all the rudiments of multimedia. I want to know how to hold a camera. I want to know how to edit film. I want to know how to splice audio. I want to know how to build a soundtrack. That, those are the tools for me. Now, when I was coming up, I wanted to be a writer. And I wanted to get to a newspaper because they were going to tell or a magazine actually because that's the kind of writing that I wanted to do. I knew I knew the kind of stories I wanted to tell, and I needed to learn the form in which I was going to tell it. And even that was changing as I came mm-hmm. up. You know, when I was in newspapers, I recognized that these were going away, and I need to get to multimedia. I need to the 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 expediency of telling, printing it out putting it on a truck, delivering it to somebody's doorstep eight hours later, that, that's, that's not working in today's world. Dead. So how can, I, how can I pass on what I'm learning more immediately? Where do I have to be to do that? And what tools, skills do I have to have to do that? So for me, it's really, you know, I loved sports. I loved playing sports. But when I came into it, I... Didn't, I didn't think of myself. I honestly, my first, I thought the ideal would be Roger Angel, Angel with the New Yorker or uh, to be the sports writer for, for Time magazine, where, is, where I'm telling you about sports, but I'm bringing it to an audience so that I'm telling an entirely different slice. I'm not, I'm not the eight guys sitting side by side in the press box tell, writing a story for you know, their particular fiefdom. I'm telling you a story that the angle that I'm giving you is the only one that's being told from that vantage point. And to me, if you're coming into it, that's, that's the thinking that you have to have. Create your own position because that's what people are looking for. I, you know, I just, you go into an interview and you go in and you say, well, this is the position or what do you do? You know, don't worry about like you trying to fill their spot. Try, think you're going in and you're carving out a space. Yeah. This is what's mis- This is why you. This is why you have to have me yeah. because this is what I'm bringing you. Yep. Otherwise, you're one of six people that are trying to fill a particular slot that they've created. Yep. No, I love it. I, you know, I always tell. I've said it on this show before. <clears throat> the best advice I give people is like, whatever your passion is, do something. Start a blog. Start mm-hmm. a podcast. Start mm-hmm. some. Do something. Mm-hmm. But do it. And even yeah. if you figure it out along the way. Yeah. And even if you suck. 100%. Because you're going to learn as you go. And you may learn you suck, and that's not the field you need to take, right? Even, yes. even that, there's, there's, there's value Absolutely. in that. Absolutely. Right? And, and the reason I say that is 
Because I believe if you can do that and you can get yourself in an interview and you can say, this is what I've done and this is what I bring to the table, you'll feel that table shift. And now the interview turns to, oh, shit, we need to get Rick. Like, we need to add yeah. whatever he's bringing to the table to yeah. us. So I always say that. It's, you know, and it's great to hear you put it the way you said of don't necessarily try to fit into the box, create kind of your lane or whatnot. Um, I think it's great. Um, where can people find you? Where, you know, social media, shows, how do they keep uh, up with you? At... R-I-C-B-U-C-H-E-R on Twitter. And actually, I need I need people to come check out my Instagram. I promise I'll start putting stuff on there. My IG, my kids kill me. They have more <laughs> followers than I do. I pay no attention. I pay no attention to it. Eric's looking at me. He goes, I didn't even know you were on IG. Um, well, I checked today I to before this. I thought it was a fake account. Yeah, because it's got like six. It's got like six, seven things on it, right? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. In fact, in fact scratch that. I, wait, in, wait, wait until I deserve your follow. Okay, I don't deserve your follow right now. Uh, I'm also on Channel 83, Sirius XM, every morning, seven to ten uh, Pacific, ten to one Eastern. And Mondays, I'm on NBA Radio from five to seven Eastern. Uh, do a two-hour show. It's just me, just talking hoops. And then uh, BleachReport.com, uh, uh, doing video stuff, doing writing. Actually, we're, we're, we're developing a show where I'm going to go and hang with various NBA players doing various things. Well, dope. Okay. And we already have a couple things lined up. Okay. When's the start? a couple more. We should – I know that we're – we should have the – the first couple in the can by the end of October. Okay, oh wow, sure. So wow. these should be dropping at the beginning of the season. Um, I'm not allowed to disclose that information along with, but I will tell you this, we, we are, we're really excited about this. We have some things locked in. Good. That are going to be a lot of fun, and if I see you playing a game of Papa Shot, just so you know, we're gonna, yes. we're gonna have words. <laughs> no, now actually, we, we went, we went, we went above and above and beyond that. Good. Um, I'm not playing Papa Shot until I learn how to play. Have you seen the Asian guy, the old Asian guy? Where he's just throwing. Off yes. <laughs> you yes. Have you seen, have you seen this? No. He's doing the Papa oh, Shot. And it's anybody, like, he's a, it's like he's anybody's listening? Anybody who's listening, oh, I don't man. even know what how you look it up. Papa Shot. A oh, old Asian amazing. guy. <laughs> and this shot maestro. Yeah, I mean, he like, what, 500, 600 points? I thought it was fake. He's literally, he's, everything he throws up is going in, and it's he gets, just like... He gets, he gets, he gets so bored. He gets... No, it's all... It's all... <laughs> and he just literally, he's just picking it up and flicking it, picking it up and flicking it, picking it up and flicking it. All and of he, them in. And he... All of them in. And there's guys, like, next to him. They're grabbing it, shooting. I mean, shooting it like the rest of us do it, right? <laughs> And they look so... No, he's thought, shooting five for every one that they shoot. Fake. And his are all going in. He gets... At one point, he gets bored. He starts doing the same thing. He's banking them off the wall Inside. and into the basket yep. in the basket next to his. <laughs> Remember Forrest Gump playing uh, yeah. table tennis? Yeah. That's him. That's, what that's this dude. I, I've never seen anything like that. So we won't see you doing that, you're saying? No, uh, you won't see me <laughs> until I develop that skill playing Papa Shot. Because I know there's a dude out there that's got that in his game. And then you'll put it on your Instagram. Then we're ready to go. That, that'll be the first place. <laughs> Rick, pleasure having you, man. My Thank pleasure. Got to have you back on once the Knicks take that eight spot. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> or, or mathematically eliminated. So listen for the podcast in December. End of December. We'll be back. Uh, PR signing off on RWTW. I want to thank Rick for coming through. Definitely check him out on his Instagram page once he gets that up. <laughs> Twitter and all his other great shows. We're out signing off on RWTW. Peace.